So the first one is 100% look for difference. If uh, you're only looking for more of the same, you're hurting yourself. Cloning was bad in the Star Wars, so cloning is thusly bad here too in real life. The second one is related in a lot of ways, I think, to that one. Get away from the rock stars and the duds when you're mentoring. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm looking forward to, as always, a great conversation. We're going to dive in with Chevy Cook, and we're going to do- talk about mentoring. We're going to talk about how that fits into the bigger picture of what we, how we focus on and prioritize what our employees need from us, and it's going to be a great conversation. I love how he makes it very practical. You'll have some good visual examples of that, but he'll also have some good reminders for us of who should be the recipient of this because it may surprise you a little bit the way that he approaches that. Thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast. Before we dive into the conversation, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is supported by Workplace from Meta. You know, everybody's talking about the metaverse these days, right? But Workplace from Meta is different. The clue is in the name. Workplace is a business communication tool. It uses features like instant messaging, video calls to help people share information on a day-to-day basis. Think Facebook, but for your company. It's part of Meta's vision for the future of work, a future in which your job isn't just something you do, but something that you truly experience, a future in which we'll feel more present, all together, connected, and productive. Start your journey into the future of work at workplace.com slash future. That's workplace.com slash future. Here's behind the scenes look. He's been like, calm out because he's been so busy. He's got his PhD. He started a new job. He got promoted to Lieutenant Colonel in the Army. So all the virtual applause he can get right now because he's been incredibly busy and he still took time to record this, to, to come to you and, and share some insights and things. So I'm so thankful for that. Welcome, sir. Good to see you again. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me this morning. Early morning for you. Uh, yes. Still a little bit early for me, but I'm, I'm in the Army, so it's not really early. If there's no sun out, it's just the right time. That's how it goes at our household. Oh, goodness. Before we dive into some of the conversation, we're going to talk about mentoring, by the way. We're going to dive into those things, Justy. You, as an expert there, not only do you know about it, do you care about it, do you talk about it, but you also have started a foundation that focuses on that. So let's take a minute or so and give the audience a little about who you are and what you do. All right. So as he uh, said, I am an Army officer. I have actually 18 years in service. The vast majority of that, about 13 now, have been in the special operations community. I got the blessing for the last couple of years to get a PhD to give me some time off to go rack my brain in a school and in a classroom. So I just finished that, just moved to the DC area to work in the Pentagon. So that's my current role. And along the way, I've picked up a couple other things to do. And one of them has been co-founding the nonprofit Military Mentors. Uh, Some years ago now, we're on our sixth year, and we focus on educating, elevating, facilitating, mentoring for the military and beyond. And we could talk about those terms, but I want to focus on the the end piece, the military and beyond, because people, they hear our name, Military Mentors, and they just think, oh, this is just for service members. But it's not. We like to 
speak to crowds of people, organizations about the lessons we've learned from uh, crisis or in extremist level leadership and pass along those military lessons to those who aren't in the service and vice versa, learn from industry and bring that back to places like where I work now, the, the Department of Defense. So that's a little bit about uh, me, my background and the organization. And I'd love to dive uh, further into some things. Awesome. Peter, start off by setting the playing field a little bit and talk about how would you define mentoring? Because you people use it like they use it interchangeably with coaching or they use it with just in general leadership. But they're also a mentor for me, but they use it informally. I'd love for you to give us kind of a definition that we can rest on for what a mentor is. So there's a lot of ways this can be defined. You're absolutely right. I, I joke when I hear talks, when we talk about leadership, there's a definition for leadership for every single person on the planet. And, and you could find the same thing in mentoring. If leadership is that overall bucket, the mentoring will, fall, I think, I believe, fall up under it. So there's a lot of definitions to mentoring. But one I like to fall on that I'll paraphrase is the idea of, a. it has a couple of ideas in it that we can come back to if we need to. So mentoring is a long-term reciprocal relationship where the focus of the relationship is on the exponential growth of the mentee. So there's a couple pieces there, right? Long-term, reciprocal, and it's an asymmetric relationship. So it's focused on the learning of the mentee. Now, while the mentor will learn, the majority of the learning and the learning orientation should be toward the mentee. That's what I would go with. Okay, excellent. I had forgotten when we started to talk about this that my mentee might be listening into this actually, the session today. I am part of a local mentoring group this year that pairs up someone who's been in the field of HR for a long time with someone who is just has either just getting in or about to get in or just a couple of years of experience trying to expand their horizons and stuff. And so some of those kind of, terms you were using there, the long-term piece, right? That's the thing extends over the, the course of an entire year. It's not a one-time lunch and we're done. It is very much asymmetric. Lots of questions coming this way and lots of opportunity for me to share back. But I, at the same time, I'm getting something out of that. Even if it feels for her, probably that is one way I'm getting something out of that, which is a ton of fun. I, I had forgotten about that until we, we you started sharing some of those different aspects of it and what it looks like. So overall, this can feel... When you put it in those kind of terms, asymmetric, reciprocal relationships, it can feel very fancy, very hard and tangible and specific. But I, I would imagine there's probably an art and a science to this. It's not just one or the other. Somewhere on that spectrum is where it falls. Can you talk about those aspects of it? Because I think, again, if, you, if someone just heard the definition and they cut off the, cut off the conversation today and walked away, They'd go out there with a formula or a calculator trying to figure out how to make this mentoring relationship work. And I feel like that would be a myth. So talk about some of the other dynamics in those relationships. Okay. So, so some more of the science to think about is that we'll talk about the art a little, that will lead us into the art is there's a, there's, there's 40, 50 years of research out there is a lot of it centers around Kathy Cram's work in the eighties. She has a book called mentoring at work and she's if you would, the, the matriarch of mentorship. She's a Boston uh, University professor and she her seminal work is on uh, organizational level mentoring. So what it looks like to mentor people in a professional space. And one of the important things about the science is she talks about breaking out 
two functions. So the career function and the psychosocial function of mentoring, you would start most relationships, especially in the professional realm, they start in the career side of things where it's what you think it is. It's the, the functions around advocating for a person, sponsoring them, getting them to where they need to be talking about things that are in the career uh, field and advocating. The other part though, is it, it, it should swing toward the psychosocial function, which is all the aspects that you think about when it comes to emotional well-being, self-awareness, and those kind of aspects. A piece of the science is if you're just in one bucket, you need to make sure that you're focusing on the other. And I would uh, reference that work if you wanted to figure out a little bit more there. But the psychosocial function starts talking about the art in a way, if you really think about it. It's, it's this, there's a feel to it, right? There's a I need time to get ready and get get used to being around people and get used to how I interact with people, how I interact with my mentees, how how I tell stories, how I use emotional intelligence, how I relate uh, to people. That's on the that's on the uh, the art side, right? You can read all of Kathy Cram's work. You can have every. I mean, there's books by Wendy Axelrod and all kinds of other things about their, about mentoring. And uh, some of them are very step-oriented. Do this first, and then uh, you got to go through these phases or these 10 steps. But if you can never sit down with a person, have a cup of coffee, some tea, beer, whatever maybe you're choosing, and just chew the fat, if you will, understand how to I don't know, just love on somebody and, and want them to grow, then you'll miss the boat. And in many ways, and the art involves a lot of things like story. How do you tell your own story? How are you going to help somebody build their story or understand their story if you don't even know your own? A lot of the art is around purpose, too. It's hard to help somebody else find their purpose different than passion. We can maybe talk about that, too, if you don't know your own purpose. Like that's the for me, the art side of it. And, and there's something about the art to me that's very different than the science one thing I learned earning a PhD is <laughs> I don't know everything, right? You can get really deep in one topic, but you find out how much you really don't know, even about that one topic. So the science will take time, but you can get it. You can reference it. You can go to it. The art, however, you, you simply need time. There's no such thing as, oh, I got this thing down in two weeks or six, six months. The art takes time with interacting with others and building others up and over time figuring out from a lot of different lenses what it means to interact with people of different backgrounds, cultures, career fields. You know what it looks like to really try to invest in, in another person and pour your all into them. So that takes time for sure. We'll be right back to We're Only Human in just a moment. Workplace is a business communication tool from Meta. Think Facebook, but for your company. It's part of Meta's vision for the future of work, a future in which we all feel more present, connected, and productive every day. Start your journey into the future of work at workplace.com future. That's workplace.com future. And now, back to our conversation with Chevy Cook. I think there's a parallel there between knowing something about a subject matter area, which you said, right? One of my favorite quotes 
Neil deGrasse Tyson says, as the area of my knowledge grows, so does the perimeter of my ignorance. Right? The more, the more you realize, oh, yeah. wow, I don't know very much. And so I think that matters for a subject area, but it also matters in the people side, the art side of that relationship with someone else. The more you get to know them, you're like, oh, wow, there was this whole other facet that I had no idea. Maybe Chevy is secretly a, a closet sculptor or something. Like, I just didn't know until right. we spent some more time together. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, if that's it necessarily, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but you start finding out those things. Uh, I think that's a great parallel there because the more time you spend, it is really an investment. It does not the thing you can casually fly by and develop this deep, meaningful relationship that matters right that that actually leads to growth of someone else that leads to support that someone needs all those kinds of things you're looking for in that relationship it's it's not a flyby it's not a happenstance kind of thing right yes and i like to, to when i talk about both the art and the science i like to make a, a use a metaphor with it and the metaphor is gardening Right. Like I grew up in South Carolina. We had a basketball, a dirt basketball court that today is a garden. And so my mom saw that like us tilling the soil with our feet for years and putting that orange ball on it, like preparing the soil. So she turned it into a garden. I watched I've watched her over years grow a variety of things, but there's some consistency regardless of what you're gardening. There's a science side of it. There's the there's the whether you want to use pesticides or not, there's, there's water that gets, that has to go in the soil. Yep. There's photosynthesis that has to happen. You got to pay attention to all that stuff. Is there a tree that's above my garden that's locking the sun? Do I want to clip some of those hedges? And then all the other stuff that goes with it as well. But there's an art to it too, right? Like she just knows things about cucumbers and uh, tomatoes that she just knows from doing, from being down there on her knees, tilling the soil. I want to keep these bugs in. Oh, these bugs got to go out. I got to clip this little dead piece off. And oh, these this tomato plant actually needs something. It's a vine, so it needs to grow up something. So I have to have a piece there. There's a lot of different things. And the other piece of it is you don't know what it's going to look like at there. And she doesn't know whether she's going to have prize winning tomatoes or not when she puts a seed in. She knows the seed, though. The seed is a tomato. So I put that in and I don't know how big they're going to be or how juicy they're going to be, but I can do all the things science-wise and all the things art-wise to maximize my garden. And I can't, I have to wait a season. They don't sprout up overnight. So I got to take the time and invest and nurture the soil and do all of these little things. And over time, I get to be a little bit better with my so it's constant gardening in a lot of ways this this idea of mentoring and it's got to be all of it it's got to be the art and the science and just learning down there tilling the soil hearing you talk through that so specifically i need to invite her down we I planted a garden for the first time last year because I wasn't traveling. But in seven years, I, for the first time, I stayed home in the spring. So I'm gonna, let's plant a garden. And I realized it's not just putting something in there and, and waiting. There's a little more to it than that. So I, I'm learning more about both the art and the science these days right. to figure That's that right. out this year. So if someone's listening to this, the, so the, I'll be transparent here. I had you here for, I had a specific motive, a reason to, to invite you, not just because I, I like you and want to catch, and catch up with you again, but I'm hoping that we'll hear, the people that are listening will hear this because we've had people talk about curiosity at work, people talk about leadership, people talk about dealing with burnout, all those kinds of things. And I think there are opportunities to mentor and to be mentored. And I want someone, the people listening into this to get some, some 
suggestions on both of those sides because they, depending on where you are, you can use both. There's not a thing that says you can only be one or the other. One of the greatest, the greatest leaders I ever had, I was, I was looked up to him and was always in, in awe of, because he was incredible as a leader and I was always learning from him. And one day he mentioned that he had gone out to lunch with his mentor. I'm like, wait a minute. You're being mentor? Like, how in the world is that possible? Everything, you are on top of this. You're emotionally intelligent. Like, he was the person that I, I aspired to be. And he, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm always learning. Goodness gracious. So for people that are listening into this, we can, let's start with one of those. Let's say if someone needs a mentor, any advice for them on what to expect out of that or ground rules? I don't know. Even It's, it's such a broad topic. We spent an hour just on that. And I know we've yeah. got about you know, five, six, seven minutes left. So yeah. a couple minutes on this, then we'll flip it for a couple minutes on how to be a mentor and some advice on that one, if you don't mind. All right. So again, I, we could talk about this for a long time, but specific advice for mentees seeking a mentor out there. First of all, look close. All right. We, a lot of times we're like looking through LinkedIn profiles and looking at the CEO, the corporate structure. And I'm looking at the CEO or the CFO in my organization. I'm seeking those folks out. Look close. They could be in the cubicle next to you. There could be a person, an old a teacher that's just been in your life a long time. There could be a neighbor that is not even in your career field, but gives sage advice and has always had your back and been in your corner. So my first piece of advice is if you want a mentor, look close. You don't have, sometimes with this stuff, you don't have to look far. Just look for who already is investing in your life and professionalize it. Make it a little, put a little bit more science uh, to it and ask more specific um, questions. So look close would be my first piece of advice. The second piece there is lead yourself first. There's a great book by Mike Irwin and Raymond Kethledge called Lead Yourself First. And it's about knowing who you are, right? Know that self and seek uh, self-improvement. That's like a Socrates thing or something. It's been so old. But the, I'm joking a little bit, but there is some importance there. If you don't know who you are and you don't know where you want to go, there's no way you're asking the right questions of a mentor. And for some of these uh, very busy people out there that are you're seeking mentorship from, they, their time is valuable, right? So you want to make the most of the little bits of time you get with them. And the way to maximize that is knowing what questions to ask, knowing where you're going. What's the Stephen quote? He's one of his seven. Stephen Covey, begin with the end of mind. Yes. Uh, you absolutely got to do that with yourself. You got to know who you are so you can ask the right questions so you can walk along the right pathway. So I'd go with those two. Those I could go on and on, but those are two of the most important ones. Like you really got to look close because they're probably right there and they've probably always been around. And that's kind of natural. You don't have to seek out these famous folks or people who are super quote unquote, super doing well in your organization. And the other piece there obviously is you got to know who you are. And you got to lead yourself. You're not just It's not just self-awareness I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually being able to lead yourself, knowing your purpose, knowing where you're going to go, being able to ask the right questions, being very pointed about, I want this mentor because they can help me with this line or this thing that I need to improve upon. So I'll, I'll pause there. Okay. I love those. Both of those excellent and I think great foundational pieces. I, I thought I was going to stump you with give me three minutes of of that, but you actually knocked it out. Okay. So I'm going to do it again, flip the coin. What about someone who is approached about that or 
maybe wants to offer to be a mentor for someone else. Do you do that unprompted? Do you wait until someone comes to you? Like, how should you handle that from that side? And what's one piece of advice or two pieces of advice that you might give them in that relationship to make it meaningful and asymmetrical, as you pointed out earlier? So the, I think on the other side of the corner for the mentor, those same things apply still. Those two I just okay. gave. So that's a little like a little tweak there that I would like to throw in there. Some people think, oh, those are just those are just for me. No, those are for uh, you mentors out there as well. But to give you maybe one or two uh, things just for mentoring. One, seek difference. OK, mm. if you are only mentoring the folks who look like you, who are in your career field, who are going to be you in the future, I think you're doing yourself and them and in the grand scheme of things, our society, a disservice. And I want to punch on this point a little bit hard. Okay. Cloning was bad in the star Wars. So cloning is thusly bad here too in real life. All right. So the, the, one of the issues or challenges in the mentoring realm is that we, we gravitate toward those that are like us. And then we're like, oh man, this young starter down there in HR is, I want to really pull him up. He, man, we got so much in common, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're just, you're looking out for someone who looks like you, who is acting like you, who you're just building them up to be who you are, as opposed to seeking out maybe a person of a different de- gender, culture, background, or expertise that actually could learn a lot from you. Remember, this thing is asymmetrical. While reciprocal, the way you get the most out of making it asymmetric and really making somebody blossom is by finding somebody who doesn't have your experiences or your background that can leverage uh, those experiences. What if someone was from a completely different area of your work, a completely different area of the country, and was maybe a, a minority, a, a female in an all-male organization or a person with my skin tone in a, in a, a really Caucasian organization who just really needs the spotlight to be shown on them or really needs your experience to really grow to be where they need to be or have the opportunity to possibly be where they need to be. So the first one is 100% look for difference. And if uh, you're only looking for more of the same. Ah, you're hurting yourself and a lot of us. The second one is related in a lot of ways, I think, to that one. And it's uh, get away from the rock stars and the duds when you're mentoring. Okay. Of course, duds need mentorship. The people that are really struggling need to be lifted up. However, more often than not, they're just going to they're going to crush your time. I'm not saying don't mentor them. I'm just saying no upfront. That's going to be a real time sink. But we, there's tons of people that focus on the duds because man, they need our help. There's tons of people who focus on the studs, right? The people who are crushing work are going to be a CEO, CFO, or some other type of, of leader one day. Man, look for those people in the middle. If you're if you really want to be a good mentor, find the people in the middle, find the people who are just if they just got a little bit of help or had some advice from somebody in your position and understood what it took to get to the next level. 
we could really transform our organizations. We focus, especially in the military, as to use a military example, the people who are getting in trouble, getting DUIs, or we want to kick out a service man, we spend a lot of time on that bottom 10%. Or the people who are going to be a general one day, that top 10%, we really focus hard there too, because we want to make sure they're getting all the right jobs and stuff, man. Think about that 80% in the middle. Think about how important it is to reach out to those people and bring them up. So my two pieces of advice are, one, look for difference, mentor across difference, and two, what are you doing about the 80%? If you're going to really transform your organization, your life, find the people in the middle. Stop looking for rock stars and or studs and duds alone. I love both of those. And I'm so glad you brought look for difference in there because I'm layering these in my head, all the different look close, speak a difference, like those kinds of things there. That's, that doesn't require some big fancy model that doesn't require you to memorize any sort of mentoring acronyms or anything else. It's just look for these two or three filters and go and be, be kind to somebody. You used the word love earlier, right? Go love on somebody. Give them oh, yeah. some of your time. There's no better way to show them that you care than to give them a little bit of your time and see, see where that goes. If they want that, if they accept that, if they appreciate that, then you can continue. If they thanks or no thanks, then that's fine. There's somebody else that is willing to accept that's willing to continue that conversation, that relationship. So this has been so insightful. I appreciate you, not just because you're whip smart, because you absolutely are, but because you so thoughtful with your words and the way that you put them. And I, there's not been a conversation that you and I've ever had where I haven't walked away knowing more than I did when I sat down. So I appreciate you for hanging out with us. If someone wants more Chevy, if they want to know more about what you're doing, want to connect with you on LinkedIn, obviously you can connect, reach right over there. He'll, I will make sure his uh, LinkedIn profile is in the show notes here. But if anybody else wants to connect with you, any other advice or connect with military mentors even? Yeah, I'm sure he'll have the stuff in the show notes for my contact information. But if you, the interesting thing is I'm the only Chaveso cook on the planet. So if you can spell my name and look me up on Google, that's me. And you can find a number of resources there. You can find maybe other podcasts and publications and things like that. So you can just ready made, grab the resources. You can find us on military mentors, all one word. Spell We don't spell it a funky way. It's just militarymentors.org. Thank you again, sir. I appreciate you for what you've done. Congratulations again, all of your amazing success, continued good work in the space. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit onlyhumanshow.com. Thank you.